Hey, and welcome to the Rally Podcast. We're stoked that you're here. We hope that this would be a tool to help you pursue the presence of God, people, and the ways of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, well, welcome to another Rally Roundtable. Today I'm joined with Finn Sheridan and David Hall, and we are having a conversation about our scripture, the discipline of reading our Bibles, and we've been talking about pursuing the ways of Jesus and how reading scripture and it being a part of our lives plays such a big part. And I'm excited for this conversation, uh, but David, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege to have you in this conversation today. And um, for those of you who don't know, David's one of our, our associate lead pastors and plays an integral role in our church. And if you're a part of this, you, you feel the effect of David's leadership. So it's a big deal that, and we're honored that you'll be a part of this conversation today. And I'd love for you to just take a moment uh, and, and let everyone know who you are, what does life look like for you, and we'll dive in. Yeah, um, now life is wild. So I've been married for 13 years. We have four kids, the fifth on the way. On, uh, wow. we, we said when we first got married, we wanted to have a big family. Now it's here. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is what it's like to have a big family. But it's, but it's such a blessing. That's and awesome. so li- life is good. I've been on staff here for since 2006. I lived in Florence. So if you're from the Florence campus, hey. Let's go Florence. Uh, for a few years. And uh, currently, I'm all, I live in Spartanburg. I'm part of the Spartanburg campus. It's a lot of fun. So that's generally it, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, do, I do the dad life, the husband life, and, and the ministry life. That's man. awesome. That's me. That's yeah. amazing. Well, one of the things I, I know about you is that you're a Bible guy. Like, yeah. y- you are too, but David more He's so. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when we think about this, practicing the ways of Jesus, following Jesus, and the Scriptures, one of the first things that people think about, what, not necessarily what is but Bible reading, but why does Bible reading matter? Not, not why is the book true, any of that sort of, yeah. why does Bible reading make a difference? Yeah. What's your thought? All right. Because it is the way that God has chosen to communicate mm-hmm. who He is throughout history. Yep. And so if, if, if I want to know God, um, prayer is important. Um, but if my prayers aren't anchored in the truth about who God is and the way that he's chosen to reveal himself through his word, then, then, I, then I could be missing something. So what I've learned about Bible reading, is this like the tipping uh, point maybe of your spiritual disciplines? Because once you begin reading scriptures, you begin learning the character of God, mm. which then reveals more about who we are in, in, in light of who God is. And that also is gonna inform the way that we pray. Yep. It's gonna teach us to pray, yep. right? It's gonna teach us how to fast. Okay. It's gonna teach us all the other spiritual practices. Uh, and it's how, we, it's how we know about who Jesus is. And yep. so, so that, that's, that's one part. And the other part is just from a personal standpoint for, for myself. Mm. I, I feel like the moments that I've experienced God in the most tangible and real ways has been whenever he has just wrecked me through his scripture and through his word. Mm. And so I think, I think two reasons. One is the primary way God's chosen to communicate to his people yep. and to the world about who he is. And two, it is a way to like tangibly, practically in your daily life, hear from God mm. in a way that's gonna mark you more than, a, more than like a sermon ever could. Yeah, sure. So. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I'm sure, sure, obviously, you haven't just built this practice overnight. Like, this has been a daily habit that you've been yeah. doing now for years. And so I'd love you to just take a moment and for, even for both of you to speak to how has this grown over a period of time that this is now something that is natural to you? I'm sure maybe at first it was a bit like, what, what is going on here? And, and just speak to some of your story over the years of following Jesus. Now, did you guys grow up in church, both of you? Yes, I did. Yeah, me, me as well. And the way that I viewed Bible reading growing up in church, I don't know what kind of background you had was like it's a way to make God happy with you. Mm-hmm. It's a way to like make like if I read my Bible today, 
Uh, God's pleased. I'm a good Christian. If I didn't, I'm probably going to mess up in my baseball game, right? That's my seven-year-old version of me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strike out. Bible comma, really. Right, exactly. And that's, that's, before the hit. that's the way I viewed it was like, okay, it's like a, a, a rabbit's foot to rub well, to, yeah, to, get, to get your life to go the way that, you know, to be blessed. And, and God's mad if you don't, and he's not. And, and I don't think anybody ever taught me that. It was just somehow inside of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, it actually pulled me away from Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I, I would feel so much guilt when I wouldn't read the Bible or when I wouldn't, you know, study it at all that I, that I would feel like every time I opened it, you know, God was mad or frustrated. So yeah. I would just stay, stay away from it. So that was most of my journey until I was probably about 17 years old. And that's whenever, like, for the first time ever, I, I fully understood what it meant to surrender my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, and, I, and I went all in. And my, my, my prayer to Jesus was whatever, whenever the answer is yes. That's when I started really digging into God's word on my own. And it was, it was definitely like hit or miss, right? I don't know if you guys have had like the, the, the reading plan where you're trying to do it in a, in a quick amount of time and you get way behind and super yep. discouraged. That was, that was B90X for me, the Bible in 90 days. <laughs> that is like a slap to the face. That really yeah, is. like I got through like the first three days and then it just... And you're drowning. You start yeah. working out and going to the CrossFit games. Like yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, it, and, it, and, and then I just drudged through all of it. Uh, over the course of the next year. And then I found this practice that, that helped me a lot of reading the Bible, the whole Bible in a year. I've been doing that every year for, for several years now. Just wow. read the Bible in a year. It's three or four chapters a day. It's, it's doable, reasonable, and it's super helpful. But here, here's the way that, that I've always put it is, uh, and you, you mentioned CrossFit Games. I think it's a perfect example. Is, is like wor- working out. When you start working out, you you can't expect any kind of results in the course of a month, yep. right? You're, you're, the only result you're going to have is you're going to be really sore and you're going to be hurting. <laughs> but you're going to you're going to be you're going to be just as uh, you know. You look in the mirror, not much has changed. Right, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to find a polite way to say that. That's 100 percent true. I'm For me, it's it. normally the moment I get home from the gym as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> is, it, is it better? Am I more trim? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 we got to realize that that like. Spiritually speaking, the same thing. The same thing is true. Yeah. Lots of I, I would want to give up reading the Bible because I was reading and I wasn't getting what I felt like would be the desired results. But here's what I know: you do it for a month, you do it for two months, you do it consistently for three, six, eight months, ten months, a year, and you look back and you can see how you're a different person mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year than you, than you were at the end of the year, and it's because of the way the Bible sanctifies you. So, so all of that, to, to answer your question, like what does that look like for me over the years, is like it's been a lot of drudging through. It took a long time to get the daily, everyday habit of it, and it, and it took me a long time to be okay with missing a day and just picking it back up without heaping guilt on myself. I, I think what I would want to tell young adults is like it's the enemy that's trying to heap any kind of guilt yep. on you because you missed a day reading, reading scripture. Of course the enemy would want you to, to back away from the word of God because you feel like, you know, shame. Mm. Uh, and we, we gotta fight that and just pick it up every, every single day, no matter, how, no matter how we feel, so. What does that look like for you, Finn? Well, I think for, for me, I grew up in a Christian home, but again, in a very non-Christian country, in a post-Christian country, so um, there wasn't the same kind of uh, Bible readings attached to this kind of legalistic way that we do experience down in the southeastern parts of the U.S. But what did happen was my my mum and my dad were very. The Bible is going to be like the cultural thing in our house. Yeah. So Disney isn't your priority. Power Rangers isn't your priority. Like however much like, Pokemon isn't your priority, even though the, all those were all the things like that I want. Those all those were all the things that my friends were doing. Yeah. For me, it was like you have to learn the books of the Bible. 
and the treat, the reward for that is we'll go to the Bible bookshop and you can buy a Bible themed toy amazing. or like Bible book. It's like <laughs> it's like saying you're going to lose weight and your reward for losing weight is not cheesecake, it's like more losing weight. It's so yeah. kale. More kale, yeah. Right, exactly. And that was really like, but that was fun for me. We gamified it, we sung songs, we thought about the Bible, we talked about the Bible, we did Bible reading as a family. Wow. Uh, me and my brothers would like go in the garden and play and it would be, uh, I'm... David fighting off Amalekites, like Amazing. it's like that was just that was and that, that's what makes me a weird kid at school, but it set me up really well at thirty, yeah. like because because the my lens for being a child and then being a young man and how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word the Bible says so, I was set up from a very very young age to be a Bible guy, mm. and it was not always what I would have chosen for my life, but I wouldn't trade it for anything now. Mm. Mm. Good job, Mom and Dad. That, that's that's yeah. an amazing upbringing. I even remember for myself, like, I distinctly look back on a period of my life, particularly as a teenager, where, yeah, I was definitely following Jesus and desiring to, to know more of Him. And so I knew, like, okay, I've got to read my Bible. But it felt so much like a roller coaster, that you, like, kind of like what you're talking about. You feel like you have your highs when you're in it, but then it's a period of time when you're not in it, and it's this low. And I remember there was a distinct moment where something clicked in it, like a revelation of even how God viewed me upon truly understanding grace and... I'm not trying to earn his love for me mm. and how that radically transformed me of like, this is a relationship. This is not me ticking off a box mm. of trying to just say, I've done my task for the day, but no, I want to know you more. And I think out of a period of that, this, this desire grows. And so I'd love to hear from both of you guys of how does this practically apply to your life? Like say someone's, because so, I think even people leaning into this conversation would say, yes, I want to read the Bible or maybe I've heard I should read the Bible and it sounds like that's a great thing to do, but sure. how do people do this? Yeah. Uh, you, you kind of mentioned this a little bit. Uh, I think when we got to recognize that the discipline of it will over time become a delight mm -hmm. and, it, and it will become a thing where you're, you're making 15 minutes for it and over time, that 15 minutes will turn into 30 minutes. And over time, you're going to want 30 minutes to turn into 45 minutes. And, then, and, and that doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't just automatically get there. But over time, it becomes a delight. So I think the first thing we got to see is, is, the, is the, we have to start somewhere and, and recognizing that it, it's going to be a discipline. But what better thing to discipline yourself to do than to put yourself underneath the authority and studying the Word of God? There's, what else is better to discipline yourself yeah. to do than, than that? So I think, I think that's one thing. Another, another thing is recognizing there's going to be times whenever you feel like God just, just speaks to you and wrecks you. Uh, but that, honestly, for me, has been more of the exception than the rule. Mm -hmm. Most days I read it, it's good, I get a nugget out of it, I get something out of it, God speaks something little to me, but it's not like I'm weeping every day. So I think we gotta set our expectations correctly. And then, and then finally, it's just like, real practically, get a reading plan. Don't just open the Bible, point, and start reading. I mean, that's fine, but, but get, a, get a plan you're following and recognize that the Holy Spirit will meet you in that plan. Yeah. Don't you think the Holy Spirit knows the plan you're picking? Sure. Yeah, Don't exactly. you think he's gonna have you in Nehemiah when you need to be in Nehemiah or that's in correct. Matthew? So pick a plan. Uh, Pick, pick a place and a time. Um, so, you know, I look, like to look at it as like, man, you know, if I want to have a good relationship with my wife, I got to be proactive in pick, picking a place and a time that we're going to have a date and a conversation. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the Lord. If we're trying to have a relationship with, with God, pick a date and a time that, that gets prioritized above everything else. Like, you, 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 don't, you, you don't let that slip. Yeah. For me, personally, that's first thing in the first thing in the morning. I get a cup of coffee, and I'm I'm in my time of prayer and, and in and in the Word. So pick a plan, a date and a time. Get a journal. Uh, you know, journaling for me is a way to take what I read. It I force myself every day to find at least one thing from what I read 
that I'm gonna unpack in my journal. I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna write down what I see about God in it. I'm gonna write down how I think it applies to my life. I'm gonna write some prayers to it. So that, that I mean, very practically, yeah. I do that I do that every day. It's amazing. It, and, it's, and it's pretty simple. I've been doing that every day for, for years. Uh, and again, some days the Lord just shows up and, and wrecks me and I'm in tears. And, and most days it's, it's I get something good, the Lord moves. But, but you gotta remember, uh, our expectation should be for our trajectory not for our immediate right now, what am I getting? That's great so. advice. And I think that's such a good word for young adults because everything is so instant, right? Everything is so like A plus B equals C, like this photo, immediate, immediate gratification. Um, past this class, you get into this school or whatever. Like it's, it's yeah, so true. Formula, we live in a world where formula is really elevated and if this is the word of God, then it's the expression of who God is. Mm -hmm. mm. And so like, you can't just short you can't short circuit that. You can't take yeah. a like uh, an easy way into that. You either do it or you don't. And I think when when I talk to people and I'm pastoring people about where's God in my life? I don't sense God. I don't know God. I wish I knew more of God. Like if your Bible's closed, then I have little time for that because there needs to be there's like well you're not doing the things that God Himself has offered to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The person of the person of Jesus Christ is the Word is found in the Word. Mm -hmm. Like he, you, he, you will know more of God through the Bible. And if you're just discarding that because you're looking for a pill or a spell or a, a rabbit's foot to rub or anything else, like that's yeah. not going to lead you towards God. Do the things that God has given you as means of grace mm -hmm. to know Him. And I think the Bible's just one of the clearest ones yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah, I think that's great. I, I, one of the one of the challenges that that I. Uh, recognized as I saw this in myself and then I, I see it in, in, in others as well as I pastor also is, you know, we say as Christians, we say we believe that, that, that the Bible is the inspired word of God, that it's infallible, that, it, that we all want to read it. We believe it. it we believe everything you, you just said about it. Yep. Yet it, yet we don't prioritize it. Mm -hmm. and, and really the test of what we believe is what we actually do. Yeah, practices. And so really if you think about Christian orthodoxy, if we think about what it means to be a Christian, what we believe is we believe the word of God. Yeah. And if that's true, if it really is inspired by the Holy Spirit from God for us to know him and, 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 to, and to gain a relationship with him, us reading it, not reading it really is kind of absurd. Yeah. It, it's, like, it's like, do we really believe what we say is true about the Bible? Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, and that needs to motivate us to put it in front of uh, the, the news, sports, mm -hmm. um, uh, our, our friends, anything else that we're doing in our life that's filling up time. God's word has got to have a primary place of time if we're going to say we believe uh, what, what Christians say we believe. One thing I'd love to know from either of you, like, is, there a, is there a moment or a verse or a place in Scripture that you've just felt like God no matter what's going on in my life, if I go back to this, God meets me here. Like, is there a chapter or a verse in that? Because I found that in my own life, it's yeah. like, okay, I get off plan or stuff happens or I go between, my plan finishes, I'm trying to get onto the next thing or whatever. And I know that there's just a place. Psalm 25 it is for me. If I go to Psalm 25, God's met me there before, yeah. he's going to meet me there again. Have you guys got those places? Yeah, I could even speak to just a personal past season of, of where my, my mom passed end of 2018 and it was the most painful, excruciating season of my life. In that 12 months, I remember distinctly like not truly desiring to read depths and depths and depths, but like, 
I had my plan and was still that, I had built a discipline and that's something to speak to over a period of time where it wasn't going away, right. but I just felt the pain. But I remember so often if it was just getting a psalm in for the day and, and, and reading a psalm and using that as a springboard, as, as a prayer, how powerful that was to meet with God. And so often it's, it's I have a driving discipline of I have a plan or whatever it may be that I'm reading through, but often it's just the psalms have become prayers. And I look back on that season of, of excruciating pain, God meeting me there through the Word of God. And it was not out of religious obligation, but it was a discipline over a period of time, but found Him in, yeah. in the midst of it. Yeah, for me, it's any of Paul's writings. Mm. And, and it's something about the intensity in which Paul followed Jesus mm. and led other people to follow Jesus and, and would go through anything, literally like hell on earth for the sake of the gospel. Yep. It's just every time I'm feeling what you're talking about, God, it could be any epistle. It doesn't matter which one. God always meets me there. He always stirs my affections for whatever reason. I don't know why wow. that stirs my affections for the Lord and, uh, and, it, and, it, and it recaptures it. But I think, you know, uh, it's so important to recognize the anchor that God's word is for our souls. So true. It is a tether. Mm-hmm. And so we we have to recognize that we our tendency is to is to run away from God. Like God's always, he wants to be with us. Are we always with God? Because our hearts wants to run away. And whenever we discipline ourselves to be in the word of God yep. every day, no matter the circumstances, no matter I feel like it or not, it always, it acts as, for me, it's acted as a tether to where I, I'll be drifting and all of a sudden, Boom, I'll catch the end of that tether and it'll just start tracking, tracking back. Yeah. And uh, so often, you know, as pastoring people, people go through real hard, unbelievably challenging seasons in their life, both spiritually and then things happening like losing, losing uh, your, your mother. Um, it's in those moments that you need the word of God more than ever. Yeah. Right. Yet, it's, it, people pull away in those moments. Yeah. And I think it's a scheme of the enemy to try to deceive us and get us away from the thing that's gonna tether our souls. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, it's easy in life to, to maybe even not out of choice, but, but circumstance and pain and these things that we go through where the dust accumulates on, on the word and you just notice I'm dry, that yeah. I'm, I'm missing yeah. something. And you come back and it may be not in the moment, doesn't feel so revelatory or transformative, but it's like, it's as you said, it's an anchor. It brings us a centering point into what we're doing. And I would love to even hear from you guys of what would you say to someone who, who in their head they know they're supposed to be reading the Bible, but they're just struggling. Like it, it's, it's dry. Maybe there's a professor who said something and they're domed up about, I don't know if I can trust it. Or just like, what would you say to people who, who are just struggling with the word of God? Uh, God's big enough for all your questions. Beautiful. So he's not scared of them. He's not worried about, where else are you going to take your questions about God other than God? Mm. <laughs> like the, the, all of human experience is found in this book. Pain, sexual assault, success, kings, princes, uh, just the whole of human history is wrapped up in the Bible. Wow. So where are you gonna take your human experiences other than the very place that defines them? Mm-hmm. Like, cause you, you can't fix God outside of relationship with God. You can't uh, go away from God, try and figure out who God is and then come back to God and say, I found out who you are. That's, that's silly, mm-hmm. like when we actually think about it. So I, th- I think, the reason I think why people pull away is a, is a misunderstanding about God and you can't find out about who God is away from God. You have to actually lean in. Yeah. You have to trust that he's there to reward you, to answer your questions, to help form you, that he's big enough to handle them, like all of that sort of stuff. I, when I'm in seasons of doubt, I've found that actually the solution is more of God, is spiritual practices when I don't feel like it, rather than simply detaching um, 
to try and figure out something that I can only find out in relationship with him. That's great. Yeah, that's great. I, I think there's unbelievable amounts of resource out there. Mm-hmm. Where if you're, you're struggling, so as, you, as you dig in the word, you're struggling and you don't understand it or you're struggling to like actually reconcile it. Sometimes yeah. there's stuff in it's the scripture hard, that's hard to reconcile. Yeah. Like how could a loving God do this? Mm-hmm. And, and then you can dig into commentaries, you can dig into all kinds of the Bible project, yep. all kinds of spaces that you can get resource and yep. understanding. And I think it's important to understand the, the entire arc of Scripture and the narrative of the entire Bible uh, so that whenever you're in a specific place that you're having a hard time with, you're, you can understand how it fits in mm-hmm. to the entire narrative. And there's lots of resource out there that can help you understand the, mm-hmm. the Sp- entire speak narrative. Speak to some more resources that you think are really helpful. Like what have been some of those things that you yeah. encourage people? So the Bible Project yep. is massively helpful to understand the, the, the arc and the narrative. They have these six or seven minute videos that will explain to you a book of the Bible and how that book of the Bible fits into the narrative of the entire Bible. It's probably the number one resource. Yep. And for me, this is just me, okay? I go to Desiring God and I can you can find resource on any kind of scripture you can imagine. Desiring God's a big one for me. Uh, and I'm sure you guys have yeah. resources like that as well. I even think like, I remember as a teenager, my, my youth pastor telling me to get an ESV study Bible. Yep. Yeah. And, and literally as, as simply as, as reading a Bible with a study Bible where there's a c- yep. commentary and things speaking to it was a game changer. Because it's like, okay, I'm gonna read. Who is the audience? Who's the context? What's going on here? So it do- I'm not just reading this and like, what, who is Corinth? What, what is happening? Yep. And just actually contextually understanding. Um, and that, that's one, one thing I would encourage. Uh, I'll almost always go to biblehub.com. Yeah. Um, they one. do, they, they have a concordance, Strong's Concordance, which is a well-respected concordance. And you can like, if you Google that verse, Bible Hub, it's going to come up there. And then you can look and click on each different word and see what that word means in the original language. And even if, even if it doesn't blow your mind, even if you don't find some great nuance, you've studied the Bible. You've engaged with the words of God. And that's, that's a powerful thing. One... Uh, for those of you guys that are into apologetics or thinking about, okay, but what about the Bible's authority, all that sort of stuff? We don't need to go there right now, but N.T. Wright has a paper called Why the Bible Has Authority. And I remember reading that at 13, 14 years old, about 10 10, uh, page sort of PDF. You find it online for free and it blew my mind that someone way, way smarter than me had engaged with the questions that I had about the Bible and had come to believe that the Bible had authority. And that just changed my life. People have been thinking and wrestling with the questions of scripture for decades, yeah. for hundreds and thousands of years. Like, it's very unlikely that any of us, maybe David, but any <laughs> of us, David, maybe me and you, me. <laughs> having an original thought or a question that no one's wrestled with before. It's, so Google the question. Mm-hmm. Like, look, yeah. for the, look for the answer. Don't then assume, immediately assume that everything you read is true, yeah. but engage with God's word. Let God's word shape you. Push against it. Question it. Come back to it. Trust it again. Like, that's the living relationship that we've all enjoyed with the Bible because it's proven itself to actually be yeah. true and real. If you think about um, the stock market that, you know, um, all, all of us, I would imagine, are probably investing in some degree in some retirement, okay? Yes. When I began investing... You should do in, that too. <laughs> you, you, you should, yeah. When I began investing, I had no idea how it worked. No idea. I just knew because my dad told me, like, I, I need to begin investing. Mm-hmm. But because it was valuable to me and my future, not just my future, but my kids' future, right. I studied it. Huh. And I learned it. And I figured out how it worked, and how to invest. What we, what we deem as valuable, we'll learn how to engage with. And so many people won't engage with Scripture because they, don't, they feel like they don't understand it. Or, or maybe they, and I understand not understanding it. There's lots in Scripture that I still wrestle with. 
but there is not lack of resource to learn and understand it. And if we're going to say we value it, we'll take the time necessary. It's way more important than what our stock portfolio ever will build to is what we do with the Word of God in our life and and what it can do in our life. So we got to devote ourselves to studying it and learning it just like we would anything that we value. One of the things I would probably say, if not the greatest resource, is community. It, it, Mm -hmm. it, it, It is... I literally, as you guys help shape me and we talk through things in life and, and yep. the beautiful thing is we were created to do life in community. And I, I'm sure we could tell story after story of how community has shaped the way in which we interact with the scriptures. And I, I would love you guys to just speak for a moment of, of why does community matter when it comes to scripture and that being a practice in your life? I was uh, 18 years old, a freshman in, in college uh, at Tri- Tri-County Tech uh, here in the upstate and it's the first group that I got into. So I uh, uh, here at New Spring Church, and there's a bunch of college-age guys that were older than me, and all we did was we read the Bible and we talked about it. Mm. And it was the first time I was able to say, I don't understand what in the world this means. Yeah. And we all, and then, and then we talked about it, and all of a sudden people would see it from their perspective. They'd help me understand it, help me piece it together. And that's where I, re- in the context of communities, where I learned to love and understand it and grow in it. And, uh, and so it, it's played, it, it played a massively vital part in me getting off the ground and reading my Bible. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, it's, it's a primary conversation in all of my group spaces is, is what we're reading, what we're learning, and how God's shaping us and sanctifying us through it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's exactly the same for me. Like I look, and it's the thing that keeps you tethered when you don't feel like it is the accountability yeah. of the group, the connection of the group, uh, whether it's a Bible study group, whether it's your rally group, whether it's an intentional, like I've taken young men for coffee and we read the scriptures out loud together and then we talk about what did we just read. Like all of those things, it's like life by paper cut, right? There's just lots and lots of little things over the time that point to the fact that I love God's word. Like, and that's happened and that's, that's, a, that's an important part of having kingdom friendships, friends who are friends with God. Like that matters so, so much. And putting God's word at the center is a really accessible way that it's not one person's agenda, one person's tradition. It's actually like God's defining these relationships with us. It's powerful. If, if, if you were to sit down with, with a college student who, who, or a young adult who's started, started their new job and, and if you could give any piece of encouragement of, of why this matters and how to build this practice into their life, what, what would you say to someone? So uh, we, we exist. An entire reason that we're here is to glorify God and have relationship with him. I mean, that's, that's why he, it's why he made us. Um, and so often I watch people, and I've done this before, crowd their relationship with God out of their life mm-hmm. for the sake of their career, for the sake of their marriage, for the sake of their kids, for the sake of them trying to, to keep up with the Joneses, them trying to just go on with life and build the American dream of a life, and they crowd the very thing they were made for out of their life. Mm-hmm. And that is heartbreaking for yep. me. It's heartbreaking. We were made for God. God wants to speak to us. He wants to pour into us. He wants to grow us. And, and, and he wants us to have moments with him where we are, where we are laughing with him. That's great. And that is available. Mm-hmm. We also have moments with him where we are weeping with him in, in the most joyful tears you could ever imagine. And that is available. He wants to speak to us and it's available. But uh, like the parable of the sower, who sows the seed in the thorny soil, the, the, the concerns of the world crowd that stuff and choke that stuff out. So the, the number one reason I say it matters is because you were made for it. Great. You were made for God. You were made for relationship with God. And this, the word of God is the primary way to experience that relationship with God. How to practice it, 
get in community that is centered on the word of God, that is doing it together, get on a reading plan, uh, seek to understand it and study it and commit yourself to this being the most important part of your life because it's what you're made for. Mm. What about you? Man, it, it, is, it is so important to me that people have an understanding and revelation of God's, everything you're saying, God's heart towards them and, and desire for relationship. Because we're not, I, it's just so, I just have conversations time and time again where people are just trying to white knuckle their relationship with God and right. let me just, if I could do it, it's like, calm down. God wants a relationship with you and the most beautiful way in which that can take place is through the scriptures. And so I want to see young men and women who, who, who have consistent following daily relationship with Jesus. It's not just waiting to come to a Sunday to come get the word of God and that's important and, and there's always that place, but seeing people daily following Jesus and, and, and see over a period of time greater depth and greater understanding. Like what we're talking about earlier is that even in my short life, I can look back over a period of time of this being a consistent part of my life. And there may have been moments where going through hardship and maybe I could just get one verse for the day and, and meditate on that. Or maybe there's a period of time where I did the B90X and it was intense, but it shaped me. Yeah. But I can look back and say, wow, I'm not the same guy I used to be. And, and hopefully I'm a little bit more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the beautiful thing uh, about scripture. Yeah, I, I've never asked a question about God that God's not been able to handle. Like when I think about our culture and deconstruction and all that sort of stuff, like God's not scared of questions. God actually is inviting us to know him. Like exactly like you're talking about God heart, God's heart is for us to know him. And he's given us the Bible. Like he could have done anything, right? He could have set up human history in any way that we would know him. He could have given us all a personal angel to help us. Like that, that, that's, that would have been a way, but it wasn't the way he made a book. Like God wrote a book, uh, he put the word, Jesus Christ, into the words of scripture. Mm. So this is God's preferred way, which means God's setting us up to win if we engage with it. And like, I think that's so important for young adults to know is that God wants to meet them there and, and you can say yes to that at any moment. Mm -hmm. Like the question is, will you? Mm -hmm. mm. And our souls need it. 100%. Like Jesus, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, yep. but on every word that's spoken out of the mouth of God. Mm -hmm. so, so it nourishes our soul. When our soul feels dry, empty, and lacking peace and anxious, it's because we need God. We, we need to feast on the Lord. And the way we do that is through the word mm -hmm. of God. Our souls are longing and screaming for it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's the only thing that will satisfy. And you should ask God to help you with scripture. Like I pray certain things every time I open God's word. Uh, Psalm 119 says this, my soul clings to the dust, give me life according to your word. That's exactly what you're talking about, right? There's, there's this, I keep getting distracted. My soul goes everywhere but you. Give me life according to your word. Mm -hmm. And I pray that every time I open the Bible. Mm -hmm. And he does. He just does. And that's, that's, you should ask God to give you a hunger for his word. It's powerful. I think there's even moments, and I'm sure we could all speak to, of when, when we make those times of to, to reading scripture, to, so much for me is just pausing mm. and, and meditating on, on, on God and saying, man, this is beautiful. And yes. just pausing before I just get through it and go to my next thing. Because there's been, and there's been times I've done that for sure. But just the beautiful thing that it's like, pause, this is, you, you are seeing Jesus and, and spending time with him through, through, through his word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're about to bring our time to a close. Uh, and I would just love to hear from both of you guys if, if there's any last parting words, encouragement, things that you would just love to lay on the table for any, any, anyone leaning into this conversation. I, I think we've got to recognize that we, there is great joy, an abundance of joy 
in learning and knowing God through his word. Mm. And we gotta trust that that on the other side of it is everything that our soul is longing for and is lacking is, is, is on the other side of a genuine, true, everyday relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean your life's gonna be perfect, but what it does mean is that your soul is gonna be nourished in, in a way. So I think that's, that's, that's so important. And, and Jesus prayed in John 17, when he's praying for the church, he's praying for believers, he says, God, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. So the, the, the purpose of Christianity, or, or, or the purpose of, of a Christian's life is to grow in our sanctification, becoming, uh, being formed in the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the very thing that God has given us to sanctify us mm-hmm. is his truth, mm-hmm. his absolute truth, the word of God. We've got to anchor ourselves in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the same. Like there's, the word is living and active. That means every day when you come to it, there's newness, there's life. Like the Israelites, when they've been led through the desert, there was fresh bread every single day. Mm. And it might not taste like the freshest bread, and it might not taste like, man, this is, like you said, every time that it's a huge revelation or a huge experience, but God's freshly waiting to meet you in the pages of the Bible every single day. You just have to open them. Yeah. I, I would even encourage people, and it's, it was a great reminder of me, is that so often I think about my life, my story, and I'm trying to just find every part of Josh Bull in here, and, mm-hmm. and it's not the most helpful thing. But, but really just a reminder that, that, one, we are not alone, that, that our small story is a part of a greater, beautiful, bigger story yeah. and, and God's love for humanity and, and how we are now his dwelling place and, and that we get to enjoy communion and just knowing that, that I'm not in this relationship with God alone, that I have brothers and sisters and doing life together. And yeah. I would just encourage people, man, don't run away into isolation trying to figure this thing out. If there's questions, if there's hardship, if there's things you're trying to wrestle through, do it in community yep. and, and watch the beautiful thing of the church grow in, in greater depths of, of relationship. And, mm-hmm. um, David, it's, it's, it's an honor to have you here. Yes, so I wanna, I wanna make sure that you have opportunity to just to speak into the heart of, of Rally to, to out the young adults, people leaning in. Is there any parting words, rev of the engine, anything that you wanna say? Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're in the most uh, pivotal stage, I feel like, of your life. Uh, the 18 to 25 year old range of life, you're making lifelong decisions that will affect the trajectory of, of, of the next decades. And I just, my heart bleeds for you to make decisions that are centered on God, decisions that are centered on the word of God, decisions that are gonna be kingdom decisions, mm-hmm. decisions that are, uh, are, are about glorifying God, not trying to build my own life. Because in the very uh, building of a life that glorifies God, you will find your life. Mm. Jesus says that whoever uh, tries to keep their life on this earth, find their life on this earth, will actually lose it. But whoever will lose their life for my sake will find it. So my, my heart for rally and for this age group, I'm, I'm so passionate about it because God in his grace surrounded me with great community where I was able to make God-centered decisions that set me up to be in a place where I am all in for Jesus. I'm trying to build my family on, the, on glorifying God. I'm trying to build my family on, on giving up uh, ourselves so that we can, we can gain for the kingdom. And, uh, and I, I have insane amounts of hardships and challenges in my life, but I, one thing I'm not lacking is the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that's available for all of us. 
I want it for you. So dig into this season right now. Dig into rally right now. Dig into the church right now. Dig into community right now. Dig into the word right now because it matters right now more than you could ever imagine. Mm. It's beautiful. I'd love if you would just pray for everyone leaning in and we'll bring out time to a close. Yeah, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your your word. What a gift it is to be able to open up uh, your word to us every day. There are, there are people on this, uh, in history that have died mm. to give us this word translated uh, into our language. And we have it on our phone. Yeah. Everywhere we go, we can tap into what you want to say to us. God, I thank you that a real relationship with you is available not just to pastors, but it's available to everyone. Mm-hmm. I thank you that you've given your word to be a primary resource, a primary way in which we engage in our relationship with you. I pray in Jesus' name that you would put a hunger and thirst for your word in the next generation and in this rally uh, generation. God, that will lead to an awakening and a revival. An awakening and revival that lasts for decades. Mm -hmm. As these young men and women grow up and build families and have children, who will one day have children. Mm. I pray that you would help their perspective to be eternal and not right now. Lord, pour into us rivers of living water that will pour out of us and change the world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for joining the Rally Podcast. We hope it encouraged you. We'd love for you to be part of the Rally family. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and YouTube at New Spring Rally so you don't miss a thing. 